Praise the Lord. God is good. And all the time. Do we say good morning in this service or good afternoon? Good afternoon. Welcome to this back to school Sunday. Uh, it's a back to school weekend. Tomorrow, the city of Kampala is going to have a new definition of traffic in the morning and evenings. And uh, probably your usual neighbor is not here right now because a school is opening today or because they are doing some shopping for the children to go to school. We praise God for the opportunity that he gives us to parent uh, through education. My name is Paul Son Tomutejereze. I am married to Kellen Businja Tomutejereze, and both of us are teachers. So it is a real back-to-school Sunday. You even have a, a teacher preaching. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I did teach in St. Mary's College, Kisubi, before I became a reverend, and uh, my wife before she recently moved on to train teachers at Chambogo University. She's been a, a teacher of English language and literature in Gaza High School. We thank God for the opportunity that we have to educate and as we talk about no growth without foundation, on this critical Sunday and this critical weekend, we'd like to make a reflection on how Christian education is a critical foundation for our society. And miss it out, society will go wrong. We all are familiar with what a foundation is. How I pray that as we share in this message, we each will have a reflection regarding our family foundations. What are the things that we hold dear that have brought our families this far? And are we losing them? Is God calling us to check on them? Let us pray. Lord Jesus, it is our prayer that despite the afternoon atmosphere right now, that your message will penetrate through every resistance against it and will come to every heart right here and will bring us a transformation that will be your ambassadors in this world where you have positioned us. So Lord, speak, for we, your children, are listening in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have taken a reading from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 22. We are doing a series in this. I hope that each one of us is having an opportunity to deeply study this book so that we are able to hear what God is calling us to do in our time. No foundation, no growth. No growth without a foundation. In the text that you've read, we see a wrong foundation established for the believers in Ephesus. It was a foundation to do with the culture, the abon in the people that surrounded them. And Paul writes them to say to them, in that wrong foundation, Christ came and he became the new foundation. And because of what he has done, we are a new people, a new household of God. And so through us, the new people 
we are meant to carry on God's mission to God's people. Praise the Lord. He says to them in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11, Remember that formerly you that are Gentiles by birth, you had a particular label, the uncircumcised. You know, you live, we live in a society where people can be labeled something. And as the uncircumcised, they were seen as people that were not entitled to God's spiritual blessings. Verse 12 says, remember at that time you were separate from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship of Israel. You were foreigners to the covenants of the promise. You were without God and without hope in this world. As a result, for these Gentiles and the other believers there, the ones that were alienated from the promises of God, there seemed to be a kind of a hostile relationship. The Bible talks about the dividing walls of hostility. They must have been tormented. They must have searched around and there and wondered what would they do to be accepted. When a person is rejected in a setting, you sometimes want to work out ways of being accepted by the people you want to accept you, continue to run away from you or even alienate you. Dividing walls of hostility. And these people, without hope, without God in the world. Today, as we think about schools reporting tomorrow, Certainly, some of us are former primary seven candidates and we are looking for positions in particular schools. I have personally been challenged that our super schools this year have dropped out even people that scored fours. Can you imagine? And so you say, if somebody with a four is not getting a school of their first choice, then what does that mean? Now, you get a little bit more disturbed when you later realize that people that have eight, nine, go to these schools, and your own child that has got a five is being dropped out. How do you feel if you are that parent and you are here? Our head chairs have gotten all kinds of labels. And we are saying, really? But there are some facts that have led to that. One of them is to the pandemic. There's been an overflow of primary 70 candidates. The schools didn't increase, but there are more people joining senior one than we've had before. There are other facts. The pressure that we ourselves impose unto these head teachers. I'm going to defend head teachers because I'm a teacher. And so you find a particular head teacher under the pressure of admitting somebody's child. And the other person who actually qualified is left out. Personally, I have written letter after letter. I wouldn't want to ask the provost how many people she has recommended. Person after person. To the same school. There's one I sat with and said, with your second grade, let's excuse that school. And this person said, please, 
on Monday. Go with me. I ju just become the bridge. Get me to the headstairs office and walk out. <laughs> and so we have a kind of a senior one kind of entrance pressure. And I was just imagining being a cartoonist and I'm drawing how many students are being forced into a particular school and how everyone is flexing to get in there. And sometimes whoever comes first may take the place. But you know what? With the anger and with the, the, the judgment that we carry against some of these schools and against some of these head teachers, it's true that all of us, in one way or the other, have participated to what we are seeing today. The hostility in our education that we see today, God could be saying, could you be the person to get angry about it and offer a solution? My prayer is that this afternoon, each one of us will carry a holy anger from here. I must go and do something about it. Hallelujah. What did Jesus do? What did the Lord do? We see that in the midst of that negative foundation where the Jews alienated all the others and thought the others would not qualify for blessings from the Lord. In the midst of that, the Lord Jesus Christ came. Hallelujah. In verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. You that were alienated, you that were rejected, you that did not seem to be qualifying, you that injustice acted against, you that felt mistreated in Christ Jesus, you've been brought near one to God and also to each other. Therefore, God's blessings have come to you. Christ Jesus has come into the picture. Praise the Lord. Talk about the hopelessness that we all face in one way or the other. And God coming into the picture of that hopelessness and he makes a way where there is no way. I left my little village in Kantare, in the hills of Chigezi, and found myself here in Kampala. If you try to Google map, Kantari village won't show up for you. I saw myself in Akasello Primary, moved on to St. Mary's College, Xuvi, and then later moved on to Harvard University in Chambogo. <laughs> A young man, my age mate, was left in the village in that same school, Kantari. His primary and his secondary in Kantari. Somehow he finds himself doing economics in one of the universities. Today, he is seated in Bank of Uganda. And so, I recently asked him, I said, my brother, me, I know where I passed. I mean, I can mention, this, these are the schools where I passed to get, but as for you, where did you pass? Why tower? Tell you what, his father is a village lay reader. Where a bicycle is a miracle. Some of us here, when our Mercedes Benzes do not have fuel, you, you cry like God has abandoned you. 
by this young man's father, a Mubulis in the village, a local lay reader, a bicycle is a great gift. He trusted in the Lord and said, my son, you'll make it. My son, you may not go to those schools, but as long as the Lord Jesus is with you, you will make it. Today, the son sits in Bank of Uganda and is buying land after land and buildings after buildings. In case somebody comes to buy your properties from Bank of Uganda, find out who they are. It could be this young man. When Christ gets into the picture, friends, no matter the amount of rejection and your inabilities and whatever the circumstances around you, a new foundation is laid and you qualify for his blessings. Verse 4, 14, verse 14. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Praise the Lord. He is our peace. There are parents that are not sleeping simply because if their children don't go to school A, Christ is our peace. Verse 17, he came and preached peace to you all who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. He has become the person stepping into this foundation of hostility and he puts all these bits and pieces together and grants us peace and all other blessings that he calls us to. Praise the Lord. When Christ comes into a situation, all other powers precipitate out. They give way. In the teaching and learning of chemistry, there are what you call the periodic table. And then there's what you call the reactivity series. There are elements that are stronger. When they get into a solution that has weaker elements, the stronger elements quickly take over and the weaker ones take off. The chemists say they precipitate out. Listen. Come back to church. Praise the Lord. When Christ gets into your life, the other powers that were at play take off and it takes over. 13 years ago when we were getting married, my wife decided that we have a particular wedding ring. And for me, I'd really thought, just go to one of these streets and buy a wedding ring sincerely. 30,000, something like that. And my wife said, no. Said, I'm going to be washing clothes and I don't want to have a ring that is going to rust. So we somehow fixed ourselves and bought this wedding ring that you see. 13 years down the road, nothing has changed about it. Apart from my finger size, something like that. We have wedded people here. And you look at their wedding rings, and the rings are saying, Reverend, we can buy your car. You understand? You understand? I have seen people in their villages. Their wedding rings are made out of copper wires from Chiseka Market, something like that. But look, with a wedding ring this expensive, my marriage not lasting even a year. With a wedding ring with copper and, and, and that very simple. 
the marriage resists, carries on and moves on for years and years. And these village people are very comfortable in their homes. They are in mother's union and they are singing, Arantangaza, yes, where Arantangaza. And I'm saying, you are saying God is amazing with your copper wedding ring that has turned black. Yes, why? Because their hope is not in the gold of this world. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. When Christ gets into the picture, no matter the nature of your ring, no matter the nature of what is around you, he takes over and gives you a new hope. And he alone becomes the new foundation, the new establishment. Then he gives you peace and he gives you blessings for all people that he gives to the others. You also qualify for those blessings. Praise the Lord. On this back to school Sunday, I want to speak to you people that are here. No matter what is going around us, for as long as you ground our children in the Lord, we that run schools here that may not be as famous as the other schools, we that are here and are saying, God, make a difference in school A, as long as we commit ourselves to the Lord Jesus, our children will make it. Praise the Lord. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. With that understanding that Christ has come into the picture and brought a new transformation, all other powers have given way. He's given us a new foundation. Therefore, what are we called to do? Consequently, verse 19, you are no longer foreigners, nor strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. You are now on a new foundation that is built on the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. The engineers that are here, you know very well that when you're establishing that building plan, when you want to implement it, the first stone you lay is that cornerstone because every other angle is going to be established Basing on that, get it wrong, the entire structure is lost. A certain man put up his house and you know he was very comfortable, finally has a retirement home. And this house, after about a year or two, he's enjoying his house and then he checks and the ceiling has developed a crack. And the crack is moving around the ring beam and the crack seems to be spreading within the upper structure. And so he's thinking, Hope this roof will not collapse on me. He invites in a structure engineer and he's told the challenge is in the foundation. The challenge is in the foundation. So what do I do? He's told you are going to incur even a higher cost to pull down this foundation and put up a new one. And I say, so am I also going to lose my roof? The engineer tells him, we shall bring a supporting mechanism so that the upper bit is supported as we deal with the foundation. Scriptures ask us, Psalms 11 verse 3, when the foundations are being destroyed, what will the righteous do? It's going to be costly to have this house back. It's going to take a lot of money and energy and emotions the emotions that we are in right now regarding our education system, 
It's going to be painful, but you know what? To have your house stand again in order for the roof not to collapse on you, you must deal with the foundation. I pray that God will cause us that restless spirit and a holy anger to say, we must do something about our society, about our marriages, about our schools, and about our places of work. And right within the foundation of the church, the prophets and the apostles. You and I may not be prophets by gifting. We may not be apostles by gifting. But you know what? We are called to carry on, to read their message from the Old Testament and see how they act out as apostles in the New Testament and cause it become a reality in our time today. We are called to implement Something about the, the, the prophets and the, the, the apostles. Of course, the prophets speak as God has called them to. And sometimes the message of the prophet is, of the prophet is not comfortable at all. It is a kind of a non-negotiable message. God has spoken, so it be. I believe that as a cathedral and as believers today, time has come for us to have even hard messages be ready to listen to them and be ready to change something new. You see, this engineer has got to tell this man, Muse, you know what? If you do not deal with the foundation, the roof is going to collapse on you. It's not comfortable, it's costly, but you have to deal with the foundation. And I want to tell us, if you don't deal with our schools, ourselves, our grandchildren may face it even harder. After the prophet has spoken, the apostle comes in and picks the message of the prophet and says, I am going to go to new frontiers. I'm going to go to places and tapped into before and be the pioneer of new things in my time for the Lord. Hallelujah. Not for me, but for the Lord. And so, the church is built on both the prophetic message God has spoken, but also on the pioneering spirit of the apostles. Who said it's not comfortable, but we are going to step out. It's not easy for us to leave our fishing job, but we are going to go and fish the people. Why? Because God has spoken. After a few years of teaching in St. Mary's College, Kisubi, enjoying mathematics, I felt the Lord say to me, wait a bit, look at the engineers that are coming through your hands. But they are becoming drunkards. They're in a Christian school, but they're becoming drunkards. Look at these engineers, they can't even build their own houses. I felt God discomfort me and say, in addition to what they have, it is Christ that makes the difference. Hallelujah. And so I ended up becoming a reverend. Today, God could call you to get out of your comfort that you'll be his ambassador where he is calling you to be. Today, God could discomfort you. Maybe the situations you are going through, God could be saying, go out and work out the solution. As for the apostles, they are called anointed by God to run with a prophetic message. They are called to establish new things, to even go to the tough grounds, to pioneer movements. They are not maintenance people. They are, we are going to undo it and redo it. That is what it is to deal with the foundations. 
if you are an employer here and God blesses you with a staff, a member, an employee who is moving like an apostle, you will thank God. Because this member will come to you and say, you know what? We believe our company can establish a branch in Kalangala. In Kalangala? Oh yes, you can go to Kalangala. And then you say, but you see, there are no people in Kalangala. And this person will tell you, when we are putting it up, the people shall find us. And then we start to grow. The church believers, time has come for us to say, can we establish new schools? Hallelujah. You're not excited. Many of us here went into these wonderful schools. A hundred years ago, these missionaries faced the malaria. The, the lions that were eating them at Savo National Game Park, those years they were more, I mean, they were more brave than they are today, more furious than they are today. But they said, let's get into Africa, East Africa, put up Gaza, put up Budo, and a hundred years down the road, these schools have not birthed any single school. If those missionaries came, they would cane particular people here, and I can see who they will start with. I think they will start with those who are older than me. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They will look at all of us lining up to get into one school, and they say, hey, we set an example for you. What did you do about it? So the anger and the hostility that we are seeing around us, maybe we have participated in causing it, but above everything else, God could be saying, you are the solution. On this Back to School Sunday, as a teacher, I want to invite us that are teachers to say we can model an education that people will celebrate. Hallelujah. That we can model an education that will establish schools. That we can go to these schools, that we can bring young people and preach the gospel of Christ Jesus and bring a transformation in their lives. Together as All Saints Cathedral, on this Sunday, I'd like to say to us, some of us are looking at what our education is offering and we are crying. And we are saying something new must come in. A story is told of a very rich, this is the reality, a very rich businessman in the city of Kampala got a shock of his life. When his son that was living in Europe told him, uh, Daddy, I'm going to get married. I'm going to bring you my wife. And the man got excited. He said, finally, my son is maturing and uh, I, I now have an heir to my property. And you know what? The rich businessman prepared to welcome the daughter-in-law to be. And this son brought in a fellow man to be the wife. Mr. Rich Businessman got a heart attack and today he is no more. We are saying foundations have been destroyed. What will the righteous do? Christ Jesus says, my church has been built on the prophetic message of the Lord to you people. It's been carried by men that were fearless, that were risk takers, that have moved on to today Unfortunately, and time today, we seem not to be moving likewise. But thank you for those of you that have come here. We finish that cathedral, then we go and start building schools as All Saints Cathedral. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So this year, as the teachers on the 5th of March, we are saying we want to set an example for all the others. I wish I had time to ask the teachers to stand. But you know what? Teachers, after here, go to that SCP tent, register yourself, and then go and mobilize all their parents. Go and mobilize everyone. On the 5th of March, we come here and say, God, thank you for who you have made us. God, through us, we believe you can make a difference in this world. And teachers are called to be an example. Then the lawyers will follow suit. Hallelujah. The doctors will follow suit. After the earlier services, a group has come up. Is it the petroleum owners something? They're saying all the people that own petrol stations, the cathedral must be built. Hallelujah. I can see some already coming up with ideas. How we are going to say, cathedral get built. And that cathedral can sit 5,000, even more, for the students. So we can go to Kampala parents, to Green Hill, and all of them will bring them at one go. Sit here, receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Without incurring any other costs. But for that to happen, there must be a people here saying, enough is... That is the apostolic voice. It says, it is a risk, but I'm going to step in there. There are people here. God is going to call you to be the source of reconciliation even in the marriages of your brothers, of your sisters, to reestablish a foundation. There are people here, God could be speaking to you and saying, you are where you are because of something that went wrong and you have the solution. I am the solution. Christ is the solution. Tell you what, that cathedral stands today as a testimony of our faith. Amen? It's going to speak in the future that there were people that believed God and put it up. Generations will come and will say there are people that believed in God. You and I are among the number. The greatest legacy that we can hand on to the next generation is our faith. Are you doing it for your children? Are you doing it in the place where you work? Are you doing it for your family? Let's pray. Jesus is calling us, dear friends, to be his ambassadors in our time today. And when the Lord calls us, we'll be ready to move. Some of us say we are hopeless, all is gone, but Christ says, I live, and because I live, you'll face tomorrow. Christ lives and because he lives our children will go to those schools. It may not be the famous schools but Christ will give them a foundation in himself and they'll bear fruit that are Christ-like. As we sing that chorus because I live, I'll face tomorrow. Make a personal reflection of yourself of your life and, and could God be calling you to give your life to him? Could God be standing at the door of your heart and is saying, I stand at the door of your heart. You've been in a negative world, in a foundation that is destroying you. In fact, you are seeing cracks in your life, in your marriage relationship. And God is saying, deal with the foundation. Time could be now for you to say, Lord, I invite you in my life. Come and rebuild me that I will build all my plans Basing on you. Thank you, Jesus.